Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. You probably recognize Matt Jones from the critically acclaimed AMC series Breaking Bad, where he played Badger. But Jones has an extensive comedy background, starting in Southern California, where he performed improv in high school, eventually made his way to Boom Chicago and Amsterdam, and then returned to Hollywood for multiple TV roles in sitcoms and sketch shows the likes of Reno 911, Community, The Office, and the pilot episode of Key and Peele. He has co-starred more recently as a regular on the CBS sitcom Mom, and now stars in the new pop series where he runs an aerobic studio. It's called Let's Get Physical. So let's get to it! Well, Matt Jones, thanks for squeezing me into a busy press day. No problem. For you, for Pops Let's Get Physical. Pop TVs, which is a channel that you have. You might not know it. Yeah, it used to be the TV Guide channel. Uh, it did, yeah. And then they... It used to have a scroll. <laughs> now it has original content. You know how hilarious... Sorry, but my friend the other day, uh, he's... You know IMDb is looking to do original content? Really? IMDb. Like, well, I I do have the IMDb Pro membership. Yeah, so. it's just hilarious. Does that like, everybody, with that if I... we we're like we we're making jokes like, oh man, I'm writing a show for Webster's Dictionary right now. <laughs> well, actually, that that's uh, it's 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 good that you bring that up because one of my questions was, does it even matter where you're doing content? No, for? it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. It matters to the networks, mm-hmm. but for me, I mean, it matters a little. It does, but. Not not as much as it used to, because nowadays, as long as you're making a show, it's available to stream at some point somewhere, then everybody can watch it. Right. Um, so if you get a script, it doesn't matter whether it says CBS or Hulu or... Well, that <laughs> sometimes matters. Mm-hmm. I if it, if it says... It's complicated. Right. If it says CBS, then the chances... If you're getting the script for the pilot... Mm-hmm. then the chances that the pilot is going to get picked up to series are a lot lower. Okay. It's a lot harder to get a network show on the air. But if it said Hulu on it, the chances that they're going to make a pilot and then actually turn that into a series are much, much higher. Right. But CBS pays a lot more money than Hulu does, exponentially. Right. So uh, that's the risk. Hmm. Well, I mean, of course, none of this was an issue when you first got started, which was young. No. How old were you when you, Gilmore Girls? Uh, Gilmore Girls, I was, I was nineteen. I think okay. twenty. Yeah. And when you got when you got that part, even though it was a small part, yeah, did I had you one line? Did you think, okay, I'm I'm doing it. I'm I'm doing the Hollywood thing now. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, <laughs> no. I don't think I felt secure in my career, and I have. I'm all good until. Probably after I got, uh, I did my first season of Mom. Okay. Chuck Lorre. Because I had done five failed pilots before that. I did some weird pilots that never went. Um, and uh, I just didn't feel secure. And then I was on a Chuck Lorre show and I was like, even I'm after, on CBS. Even after being on Breaking Bad. You I, still- I was a guest star. I was a recurring guest star. I was a 
it was a great show to be on. Mm-hmm. It changed my life and made me noticeable. But I didn't make any money to live on. Like I made nothing. So I um, yeah. was it was it was it financially not yeah. not creatively, but financially was it better or worse than when you were booking a bunch of commercials? Worse, much worse. I commercials paid a lot more than doing Breaking Bad. Yeah, because while I was doing the first two seasons of Breaking Bad, I was still doing commercials. And that's how I was living. Uh, Like, you're doing one or two episodes a year for Breaking Bad that's like maybe 15 grand Mm -hmm. for the year. You can't live off of 15 grand. Yeah, I've talked to a number of like friends who are improvisers or sketch people in New York coming out of UCB and they're ecstatic if they get a national TV ad because yeah. that means they're good for the year if they don't, uh, get, any, if they the, don't get anything else. That used to be the case, um, but it no longer is. Okay. I, I say like this. Um, when I was like 2002, I mm-hmm. did my first couple commercials. I did like, um, I think I did four commercials and I made $100,000 off of four commercials. 2007, I did... 10 commercials in a year 10 and I made 50 grand that's how much the ad industry has, has changed because cable mm-hmm. they just buy them in cycles from you and they just uh, run them ad nauseum like that commercial that you see over and over and over again that actor's not getting paid more per air okay. only if it's on network television yeah, they, they do a buyout for 13 weeks for cable mm-hmm. that they can run as much as and they was want. That, was that written into the contracts? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So once cable got started getting bigger, uh, I don't know. Uh, they stopped making as many commercials. Um, they just don't spend as much as they used to on, okay. on commercials. One of, one of the things I was looking forward to talking to you about is I saw that you were a Boom Chicago yes. alum. Yeah. But you didn't go there out of the normal... Route, which is doing like Second City first, or no? I was an LA improviser. I but not the Groundlings or no. IO. Yes, IO. So okay. it's confusing. Um, yeah, how did you? So Los uh, New York had UCB and mm-hmm. uh, were, were not even that long. But um, I started doing improv in LA in like ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. And uh, what were the options then? So back then, all there was was Groundlings, which mm-hmm. really isn't improv. It's a sketch theater that right. does improv. It's not a just an improv theater. Uh, there was uh, Improv Olympic, mm-hmm. which at that time was just on this in this terrible, shitty little theater mm-hmm. off of uh, Santa Monica and Coenga. Okay, uh, and the complex theaters they were called. It wasn't on Hollywood Boulevard yet, uh, and that was barely like a thing in LA. And then there was Comedy Sports LA, okay. which was short form, right. which was games. actually... That's more games. Games, but it was actually in the theater that you, that is now UCB. The Sunset Tam- or Franklin? Franklin. Okay. So UCB Franklin, that is mm-hmm. the Tamron Theater, that used to be Los Angeles Comedy Sports. Okay. Uh, back 2000, 2002. Anyhow, back then they had a high school league. Uh, when I was in high school, oh, this is like 96, you could... Um, the comedy sports professional team went to high schools around the area, started leagues, mm-hmm. and you would do comedy sports in high school for, you know, do performances and go to other schools and perform against other schools, like actual competition type of thing. 
And you would do that? Yeah. And then when I graduated high school, um, they asked me to come do comedy sports in the, uh, the professional league. Okay. You know? And uh, I came and did it for a minute. And then this guy named J.D. Walsh started this theater in Westwood. Uh, it's not there anymore, but it's okay. called Ultimate Improv. Mm-hmm. And that was Dan Harmon, um, Rob Schraub, Jeff Davis, um, Jason Weiner. Uh, Did Channel 101 come out of that stuff? Some of it, yeah. Okay. yeah. So that's where uh, saw that started kind of cooking. It was them kind of all hanging out there. Um, and then I did improv there for like four years. And then I moved to Amsterdam. I got the job in Amsterdam. Would Boom Chicago come to L.A. for auditions? Or how, so how did you know I'd about Boom? How did you even know about Boom Chicago? Uh, a bunch of people on SNL and Mad TV, writers and such, mm-hmm. writers and performers, were um, people were getting jobs out of Boom Chicago. And uh, I was noticing. And I had a friend that was a friend I did sketch and improv with in L.A., Heather Campbell. I've interviewed her for the podcast. Have yeah. you really? Yeah, I know Heather very well. Okay. Um, we met, like, God, 18 years ago. So Heather got the job, and mm-hmm. boom. And uh, she's like, you would be perfect for this job. You should audition. So I uh, I flew to New York. Mm-hmm. They were having auditions in New York and Chicago and Amsterdam, and they would have, like, 200 people. It was, like, 600 people would audition a year, and they would take one or two. And uh, they, yeah, I got hired. Heather, like, kind of... Threw her hat in for Vouch me, for and you. yeah, because the thing about that job is you had to have someone vouch for you, because you have to live with these people in Amsterdam. You can't. You have to make sure someone's not crazy. Right, the chemistry is important. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I worked there for three years. I did a thousand shows and wait. So well, was that a three-year contract or was it like a one-year contract and you renewed it? Yes, one year renewed every year. Okay, yeah, and uh, I could have stayed there forever. Like I had the option to. I've heard some people actually do. Yeah, some people did. Some there's some people there that have been there since Boom opened. Yeah. Who are some of the other people that were there when you were there? Um, Heather Campbell, uh, Susie Barrett, Jim Woods, uh, Amber Ruffin, um, Colton Dunn would come in and out. Jordan yeah, Peele. I've interviewed Colton also. Jordan would come in and mm-hmm. out. Um, uh, Brennan Hunt would come in and out. Uh, there's a ton. I mean, I saw a huge turnover. You know the Toyota girl. Yeah. Uh, her name is Laurel Coppock. Coppock, yeah. She's Boom Chicago. I'm friends with her sister, Selena. Oh, there you go. Yeah, who's, also, who's a stand-up. Yeah, so like uh, Laurel did it. Her mm-hmm. husband, Bobby, did it sometimes. Um, yeah, it was a bunch of people. And then we'd have reunions all the time. So Seth and Josh Myers would come and they'd perform for a week. And uh, just Ike Barinholtz. Uh, there's a million people. Kay Cannon. Um, How quickly did you adapt to performing and living in Amsterdam? I adapted pretty quick. I uh, some people take a long time. I uh, kind of dove in at first. It's kind of my style. A little in your face, a little crazy uh, on stage. Uh, it was fun. I just it's so chaotic. That job was so chaotic. I did a thousand shows in three years. Wow. And that's why my voice is like this because I kept losing it over and over oh, okay. while doing that show, and it stuck. And uh, yeah. So were you the guy that in any scene? the other actors knew to like kind of force you into a corner either physically or vocally uh, and go okay Matt's gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have Matt do this some, I, it wasn't about me we pimped or... each other out all the time okay. like, and that show in particular was 300 people in the audience all eating and drinking um, was, they're usually done with their meals but drinking heavily smoking mm-hmm. at that time 
screaming because you're in Europe and they like to fuck with comedians. Mm-hmm. And we were doing half sketch, half improv. Okay. Um, interactive improv with the audience. Like some stuff super interactive. Mm-hmm. Where. Like, like arm scenes and stuff like that? No, or? no, no. No. <laughs> no, something where we would secret. We had cameras mounted everywhere oh. and we'd secretly film a couple having a conversation before the show. And then we would just play it on the screen and each of us would be a voice. <laughs> And we would just, that would be one of the scenes is just mm-hmm. making fun of these people. Um, we did a lot of crazy stuff like that. Uh, it was really technologically advanced improv show. It was really fun. Uh, yeah, we would hack a fa- person's Facebook account and then dress up like all their friends on their top top 10. Or, or this might have been MySpace back then. I don't know. This was a long time ago. Yeah, what years were you there? 2004 to 2007. Okay. Yeah. So more likely MySpace. But, yeah, probably MySpace. Yeah, because I know there was a UCB show that was called MySpace, and then they eventually yeah, changed that show to Facebook. Facebook. We had a show at Boom called Me, MySpace, and iPod. <laughs> so that, yeah, and iPod. Yeah, people still used iPods. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How did you know that three years was the right time to? I got cut the cord. I had the moment where I was there, and I was like, I'm either going to stay here forever, or I need to go home. And for some reason, I needed to be successful in america i mean i was perfectly happy there i really was uh but that job was tough and i wanted to be more of an actor and not just a comedian okay and uh yeah i just wanted to succeed here and i came back and i still could not get a single audition for anything i could never get auditions because i didn't have an agent you can't get an agent if you don't have jobs and you can't get jobs if you don't have an agent. It's just terrible. There wasn't like Catch a Boom 22. Chicago network to plug you in? Um, like not, a support group? Not really. Um, not really. Uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> you couldn't call over at Mad TV and no. go, hey. <laughs> no, no. They, they, I mean, I could have gotten an audition at Mad TV, but mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of guy. I don't do impressions. I do characters, but I just... I don't belong on a sketch show. I think it's just a thing. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I got back from Boom, and um, I started booking commercials again to live, and I just started going crazy. I was like, I cannot get an audition. And I knew this one casting, or this uh, executive I had met once, and I, like, saw her out of the blue, and I was like, just took a chance. I was just like, I need a manager. Can you just please call someone and she called this guy and he had just started a management company and he's like alright we'll see how it goes we'll send you out an audition first thing he sent me out on was Breaking Bad <laughs> and I've been with him for 10 years yeah which one of you is happier about that relationship you or him um, I think we're equally very happy like mm-hmm. he's like my mother like I love him he's the best manager he really is. Did he have any he has other? A million like, times more than my agents. Did he have, he have any other like Midas touch clients at the um, same time as you? Where he's like, <laughs> he has this guy named Dwayne Henry who's okay. on NCIS now. He's like from England. He's fantastic. I love him. Um, yeah, no, like he doesn't have that many clients, which is really good for a manager. You don't want your manager to have too many people. <laughs> Do you think being? Uh, being a comedic actor actually helped you with Breaking Bad because absolutely they ended up casting a lot of Vince told straight me. up comedians. Bill Vince Burr, is fan. Lavelle Crawford. 
Vince Bob told Odenkirk. me once he wanted to get Jordan Peele on the show because he was such a big fan of Mad TV. Oh, wow. Like, Vince is like a huge comedy nerd. Mm-hmm. Loves comedy. He thinks comedians are better actors than dramatic actors. Well, he kind of proved it. He did. Brian Cranston is a comedian at heart. That guy, I'm telling you, I was on set where he was about to do a scene where like he's like, he had been losing weight after season one because mm-hmm. of the cancer thing. And he got so skinny. And he's like about to do a scene where he's like weeping. And before he walked on camera... He's like making fun of me. We're off on the side, and he was just making fun of me, just making jokes. And then they're like, Brian, we're ready. And he's like, okay. And he goes over, and I mean, 30 seconds later, he's crying on camera. And I'm like, I can't do that. He's such an actor. He's so full of shit. Well, I'm glad to know that uh, it's not just coincidence that Vince was getting all of these comedians no, it's onto not. this yeah. prestigious show about meth dealing. Yeah, he like loves comedy. Um, when that show ended, were you were you specifically looking for something like a multicam broadcast network? I was looking for a job. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I was looking for a job. I mean, yeah, you mentioned that it, it I wasn't did, as lucrative as it was prestigious. Yes, I, I did five pilots before uh, while I was four pilots while I was still doing on Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. So I did a I did a failed show for uh, Fox. Uh, TNT, um, and I did the spinoff of The Office. Okay, uh, we did a spinoff of where I played Reigns or Dwight. Oh, right, the 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 Amish farm. Yeah, and I I was Zeke, his, okay. his cousin. I ended up the doing fruits. I ended up doing four episodes, which was nice. But we were gonna have like a new show. I was a series regular on this new thing, and it didn't happen. Uh, yeah, why didn't that happen again? I don't know. Because uh, I, I mean, like a short Steve thing. Levitan, I did his first. Me and Will Forte mm-hmm. did a pilot together for Steve Levitan and Fox. That was his first show after Modern Family. And it was like the highest testing pilot that Fox ever had. And they didn't pick it up. I don't know why still to this day. Yeah. There's a lot what? of confusion like that. I did a, I did a, I did a murder mystery, not a murder mystery, a cop show. Hour-long cop show. Mm-hmm. Me and Gary Cole. Where he plays my uncle, okay, and I play his like, I don't know, on the spectrum, uh, genius but moronic uh, partner and nephew. Networks and love that stuff. Both homic- they love on the spectrum, on yeah. the spectrum geniuses. And we're homicide detectives. And like Leah Thompson played my mom. Wow. Okay. And Charles Dutton was the chief. It was I'd, ridiculous. I would watch that show. Didn't get picked up. What did you learn from doing all those pilots? Uh, that you cannot base your happiness on what you do. That you know, it's, it's just a job. And like people get real wrapped up in shows and you just have to enjoy it while it happens. And uh, the next thing will come. You just have to believe that and not go crazy and like try to be happy outside of work. You know? What did you do uh, specifically to maintain your equilibrium mm. through that time? I just stay busy. I mean, I've written a bunch of scripts. Uh, I sold some scripts. Okay. I directed a movie. I directed a TV show in England, a whole series uh, called Borderline. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's all English people. <laughs> um, but it's on Netflix. So yeah, I and I directed all six episodes. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I just I'm always busy. That that's what makes me happy. You know what I mean? Like, not. 
it's the creating, not the success. You know. Did you ever get to a point where you where you thought it might not be in front of the screen? That it might the future might be yeah. behind. Oh, I definitely came to that point. I came to that point a couple years ago, and uh, even after getting mom. Yeah, it was while I was on mom. I was like, maybe I'm not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just sometimes acting is not something that you feel that feels worthwhile. You know what I mean? Uh, but I don't know. And then I shot this show, honestly, let's get physical. And I had so much fun and it was, I, I felt, I was like, Oh no, I am an actor. Like I really, I'm good at this and I want to do this. Was it, I mean, cause it's, well, before I want to back up just a second before getting back to let's get physical because going from breaking bad to mom mm-hmm. is such a hard turn. I mean, Lifestyle, I guess, going from being a drug dealer to Alcoholics Anonymous is is the way you're supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but to go t- from AMC to a CBS multicam, Chuck Lorre, yeah, laughs a minute. Yeah, is a hard turn. It was, it was, it definitely was. <laughs> but for me, it wasn't just that because. I was on Breaking Bad here and there, and there were so many of these small jobs that mm-hmm. I was doing, these pilots, uh, scripts that I was writing, right. failed pilots with scripts I was writing. But they were keeping you busy. Yeah, I was busy. I was so busy. And the thing about mom was I got on a sitcom, and then I wasn't allowed to do anything else. I was re- locked into that. Right. And then that's when I was like, oh, no, well, I don't know what I'm doing because I can't do anything else. Because my whole, I defined myself with how busy I was that whole time. And uh, then I left mom last year. I, I go back and do guest stars, but, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I felt better, <laughs> to be honest. So when, when Let's Get Physical came across your desk, was it already a pop project or? It was, it was. Okay. And I really like Shit's Creek. I think it's really funny. And. And I was like, well, you know, I can be on a Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, like, be on a show that's going to air. Like, when I heard about the show, they said, we are going to air this. Like, it was picked up to series. Okay. So there was no risk involved. It was just a matter of attaching you to it. Just, we're going to do it, and then we're going to shoot it, and we're shooting it in two months in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and then it's going to air. And there's, we're not holding you to it. You can go do other stuff. And and then they attached Chris. And then I was like, yeah, let's, I was so in. Yeah. How is Nova Scotia? Uh, beautiful. <laughs> not a ton to do. <laughs> but it didn't matter. Sounds like quiet is what it I'm was, getting. It was very quiet. I, I just didn't, um, very wonderful people. I just didn't have... Um, any time to do anything anyway. I was working oh. 14 hours. I was going to say, if it's, if it's that quiet, it's a perfect place to write another script. No, if you're the... I've learned, if you're the lead on a show, you work 14 hours a day. Yeah. I, I work 14 hours a day, and I uh, had dance rehearsals on the weekends, and I lost 30 pounds while shooting the show. Yeah. That's exciting. It is, yeah. yeah you want to lose weight, shoot a TV show. It's like you're, you're on the periphery for so long. Yeah. Then not only are you the lead, but 
you're on the lead in a project that gets to change your life yeah. and your lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah, in more ways than one. Yeah. Uh, has there been any word about season two because it's pop? There has not been any word about season two. I know it's you know it's so early, but sometimes with these smaller no, networks I, and streaming platforms, they tend to do two or three season yeah, deals is, out the gate just to make sure. You know, we're one of Pop's like first big ventures on mm-hmm. their own. Um, because right, Shit's Creek was a Canadian show yeah, that, that they picked up. Yeah, so I think they're figuring it out. Yeah. I, I know they really like the show, and I know they're really proud of it. And I really appreciate how much money and uh, press they've put behind it because they've really, you know, I don't know. They seem like they they're they're really going for it. So, and CBS and Lionsgate are really happy about it too. So, I, I I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to say we're going to need season two, but I. We probably will. I don't know. Who knows? And if we don't, don't, don't you usually? I want to do one. Don't you get a? Don't you get a good feeling? Like regardless of ratings and regardless of what critics say. Yeah. Don't you get a good enough feeling on the set of how things are going? Yeah, I. But I've done that in the things with a with the pilots. Yeah. I, once, I did. It's got to be different t- with once a project gets picked up, though. Yeah, the pilot no, is one thing, but. no. I've been on stuff where you're like, "This is great," and then it's not. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, the te- the temperament of a set, you don't, mm-hmm. you never know, you never know. <laughs> there are shows that you're like, "This is great," mm-hmm. and it's the worst set ever. Is that why those EPKs or those making of mm-hmm. featurettes of bit of really bad movies that sometimes all the actors seem so happy? Yeah, <laughs> like don't they know what movie they just made? Yeah, I mean. Breaking Bad was a really fun, funny set. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know that because the show was so depressing. You know? Right. Like, uh, I've been on some some comedies that are... It's like a funeral on set. Mm. Where it's just... I Everybody hates this. And where it feels like work. Yeah. It doesn't... It, it, let's get physical, though. We had... We had a... We had a lot of fun. It was like camp. You're stuck in Nova Scotia. What are you going to do? We were just all on top of each other. It was, it was a blast. But enough about Jane Seymour. Yeah, yeah. Jane. She plays your mom, right? She does. She's out of she's out of her mind. <laughs> she is so wonderful. I love her, but she's out of her mind. She's just the busiest person in the world. I. She has like furniture and clothes, jewelry, jewelry line. The heart, yeah, yeah, open arts. That's hers. It's not that they they rent it from her, like she is. Acting's a hobby. <laughs> That's where the real money comes what is, from. What is acting, merchandising? What is acting for you um, at this point? Acting's just one of the things I do to get through life, <laughs> pay my bills. Do you ever show up at any of the uh, improv theaters? Yeah, yeah, I still do shows all the time. Uh, if you're in LA, I'm doing a show February. 21st at I.O. Okay. Uh, I have a two-man group I've worked with off and on for years, and we're going to get it back going. Who's your, who's your partner for Dave that? Dave Hill. Uh, Hollywood Dave Hill. Right. Not New York Dave Hill. Not New York musician Dave Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood improv teacher Dave Hill. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you enjoy two, two-person improv more than a group? Yes. Yeah. What about it? Um, the lack of other people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I move too quick. I, I when you've been doing improv a long time, you just like I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I five people is really good group. Eight too many. 
Five is great. Two is fun because two's like no net. Like you can't you can't let that person drown or you purposely let them drown. Right. It's just two is so fast. You can't tag yourself out. No. <laughs> Of a scene. Two is so fast and so engaging that mm. I'm like addicted to it. Okay. Uh, probably not the best improv. No, but it is. My two man show I do with Dave is the best thing I've ever done. It really is. It's really good. Mm. I'll have to come see it then. Yeah, thanks. Well, Matt, um, yeah. before I let you go, I usually ask my guests um, for some piece of inspiration or advice that, mm-hmm. you, that you would want to pass along to. That young high schooler who's, yeah. who's getting into improv and comedy yeah. and acting? Okay, comedy, acting, improv. Yeah. Uh, which of the three? Um, just, I'll give you a wide swath. If you met a young you. Yeah. Stop worrying about success and get good at it first. A lot of people are worrying about being successful and never stop and think about if they're good at what they want or not. Get good first. How do you know what you really want? Oh, I have no idea what I really want. I'm 36 and I'm still figuring it out. But if you want to be a successful actor or a comedian or whatever, just be good at it. And not, don't be the best. And if you're the best in your city, leave your city and go to another city and try to be the best at that one. And hang out with people that are funnier than you. That is the number one. That's my number. Hang out with people that are funnier. My friends are all funnier than me. They are. They're so stupid. <laughs> They're the dumbest idiots in the world, and they're so funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, Matt, it was uh, it was certainly fun hanging out with you. So thanks Thank you. for thanks for fitting me in. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first. Last things first.